live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast special edition fantasy football show. We like to call three and out. Uh, we tried it last week, but, uh, you know, we ran into a couple of technical difficulties, couldn't get releases signed by lawyers, so we had to kind of go back to, to square one. Uh, I am lucky enough to to have a, a guest host, uh, and uh, I'll introduce him in a second, but just to kind of give uh, a quick overview of the format here. So um, I've been playing fantasy football for over 20 years, lots of fun. And um, it's back with a vengeance this year. And I figured, you know what? Why not talk for 15, 20 minutes about fantasy football and touch on some topics that you wouldn't normally hear? And uh, so we're calling it three and out. We're going to take three positions, both myself and my co-host, and uh, just have some fun talking about a really fun activity, right? It's all about fun activities. So joining me on the show tonight, please give a warm no outlet welcome for Ugly Child. (laughs) He, uh, he also comes with uh, 20 years-plus experience playing fantasy football. How are you, Ugly Child? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking about fantasy football. And as you know, our league last year uh, took a, a year off, a hiatus, which I thought was a poor choice. But we're back at it now. And uh, you know, better than ever, it's like nothing changed. It's great. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And this is this, this is not one of my three, but I would say that not only is it back and better than ever, but I think that a combination of things, the, the fact we had a year off, the reset, um, but the draft was probably one of the funnest drafts, um, even though I didn't get a chance to play golf. And I think the banter, uh, even though it's not necessarily on the, the Yahoo board, it's on text, has been all-time participation levels across the board. So two thumbs up. Uh, so far for the JNFL. All right, so uh, Ugly Child, I'm going to have you start off. It's three and out. Um, we're each going to have three topics that we uh, are, find so important that we have to share them with everybody in the world, and and you, my friend, are first. All right, so I've been thinking about this, and, and this is something that's been knocking around in my head since a conversation um, that I had with an old friend going back probably 15 or 20 years ago, back when we had no kids and we would just go to the scoreboard, which was part of the Bolarama. Sure. Um, and just get hammered every Sunday. And um, we're talking about what's the one thing that people don't know they need, but they do need for fantasy. There has to be something out there that hasn't been invented yet, but it's so obvious. And then as soon as you do it and figure it out, there's now like 35 million fantasy football players out there. Yeah. And uh, I sort of sort of wanted to knock around, you know, that thought, like, what is it that, that exists, although we don't know it exists yet, um, that even if, you know, a tenth, a fraction of the people who play fantasy football uh, knew it existed, they'd buy. You know what? And, I like where your head's at. Yeah. You know, but I don't know what it is. I mean, I have, it's been 15 years. I haven't come up with it. <laughs> I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the big reveal. I'm like, Oh wow. Steve's got a great idea. I can't wait to hear this. Uh, no. Okay. No, I don't know. But, uh, so I thought we could knock around some ideas. I mean, obviously there's access to information. That's right. But the way websites are set up now, uh, I'm in three leagues, three different websites, Yahoo, CBS and ESPN. And there's, there's a huge amount of access to information. So what gives you, so it makes me think, it's got to be competitive advantage. So I know I'm being overly obvious here, but 
you know, how do you get the next level of information? Where do you get a competitive advantage? Is there something data driven where there's, you know, trends where you look and you say, you know what, what I'm noticing uh, is that teams that play a top five tight end in the flex position win 72% of the time. I, I don't know what it is, but you know, like weird nuances like that. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you have any ideas? Yeah, What's I do. I, I, I like that. And I also think that, you know, I find myself every week like, all right, so I've, I've got almost too many options for the roster and who you put in. That's the most important decision. And there are definitely services out there that says, you know, you know, put these two players in to give you a percentage, but it's a bunch of bullshit and it's all based upon um, rankings from somebody else. It's not based on situational, you know, uh, realities of that weekend, that matchup, all the other stuff. So I feel like if there were, and also the, and the user interface is not good. So I feel like there was a, a really slick way to upload your entire team. Like if we took our entire league, all the teams, all everything, and had it just tapped into something other than CBS. Because, look, CBS is fine, but the, the data you get from CBS is garbage. It's just, you know, it's almost not even worth paying attention to. The projections yep. are never right. The information's not really cutting edge. But you take the information that's in there and you put it into a better UI so that you can make those decisions right at the last minute. Um, I think if there were something that were easy to use uh, and it gave you that ability to say, okay, Here's what I've got. Who should I put in and why? And here's who I'm playing. You know what I mean? And, and here's what they've got. And, and what can I really expect them to do? Just one more level of who to play and why. Um, and then you start getting into, well, that information is really kept by the mafia because we're talking about shaving points. We're talking about the spread. Um, yep. So Raiders played last night, as an example. Uh, two hours before game time, somebody put a $200,000 bet Raiders plus four sounds like a stupid bet um, at the time, but in retrospect, you know, not only did it end up being a winner, but at halftime it was a winner. And even if they had lost by three, which looked like it could have happened, um, they still would have been a winner. So I guess my point there is there's some layer of Illuminati information that I think is probably outside of most people's reach. But anyways, that's a long answer. No, it is, but I think what we're, you know, coming to terms with is that um, we need to join the mob. <laughs> yeah, that's the conclusion. Right. Well, there, there you go. I'm going to write that down. Step one, join mob. No problem. And then we'll just see where it goes from there. We'll just see where it goes from there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't mean, it may not even be something, how do I put this? It may not even be something that is, you know, competitive advantage. I don't know what it is, right. but I just, I know if I think about it enough, at some point, something may pop into my head that I'll say, that's a great idea. How about and then this? I'll do absolutely nothing about it. But. How about this? What if you paid somebody to come up with trash talk against your opponent, like a professional comedy writer that you could, <laughs> yeah. you could give them like a bunch of dirt, like just do a download on like the, the dark Lord of our league and just give them all the shit and say, come up with 10 really killer you know, lines like I, I'd pay 20 bucks for that. Or write me or write me a song. Like have somebody with like an acoustic guitar that writes a song about the dark Lord. And, um, or, you know, it'd be worth it too is somebody that would, uh, do some Photoshopping for you. Yeah. I like it. So somebody, somebody to help augment your skill as a poster on a league board. I think that there's legs there because most people 
who don't pretend to bill their clients but actually are doing research for fantasy football. Most people don't have time during the day to spend, you know, Photoshopping pictures, but you could find somebody in India that's willing to do it for almost nothing. Um, yeah, we should get a creative agency and just, you know, call it like a fantasy creative agency we'll come up with a clever name. And uh, brand it a certain way, and then we'll just take this stuff and and uh, hand it right off to to somebody in in Delhi. Um, <laughs> to take care of before I want them to do the acoustic guitar song too. Yeah, I love it. All right, that, <laughs> okay. that, there's there's something there. There's something there. All okay, right, good. that's a very good first ready. first down from you. I like that. All right, so um, I want to talk about different types of losses. So. You know, we had the show last week. We talked about how kickers can fuck everything up, and they can. But I feel like there's a way to win. Uh, there's there's way to uh, lose a game that's completely dignified and respectful, and there's a way to lose a game where it's just embarrassing. And I think the key there is if you're an owner and you have points on your bench to win a game and you did not put them in, that's more than just a loss. That should be like a loss – plus 0.5 losses. Um, I agree. And there's somebody in our league that this week, and it's probably more than one, but there's one that's glaring, who left like 80 points on the bench that would have easily put him over the top. Um, And and the thing is, he lost scoring 140 points. He would have had 190. Um, But I feel like there should be more of a uh, a punishment for, for losing in that way. So ultimately, you know, all losses are not created equal is my point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that there's two levels to losing with points on your bench. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so there's the one that you're talking about could have won if you had played your, your bench players. Mm-hmm. And that, that sucks. That's a nut punch. No doubt about it. And then there's the way I lost this week which is scoring 75 points against somebody else who scored 160. And then you look at your bench and there was absolutely no talent there either. So it's a helplessness, you know, like, Oh no, like this is so much worse than woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's never was going to be and might never be. So I don't don't know. know. I I don't think that's, I think you're, I'd rather lose the way you lost than lose knowing I could have won because you did, you left it on the field. You know what I mean? Like every point that you could have put up on the board, Everybody has an off week. Every player, every team, every everything has an off week. You put it all out there, but if you had the bullets in the gun and you don't shoot them, that's that's different. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah. No, I mean it's uh, they're both brutal, yeah. but uh, I just have a feeling of, of hopelessness. I mean, I lost seventy four to one sixty four, and I'm looking at my bench, and uh, yeah, I have a total of thirty four points on my bench. There isn't. There, there's like one small change I could have made that might have put me up to 80 points. Um, it's not great. It's not good. There's plenty of, there's plenty of games to play early getting days. Back, getting back to your punishment. I don't know. I, I think that there's a way to track it over the course of a year. Again, getting back to something that leagues didn't know they needed that we could sell. Yep. There's a way to track most points left on the bench. Maybe oh. it is true. There we go. And then at the end of the year, there's like a, a fee you could pay or a punishment, um, which, by the way, I'm going to get to as my next topic. So um, before you get to your next topic, and I, I'm and not I, looking to jump ahead. No, no, no. But I, you're, it's, it's your turn. And I, but I just want to kind of uh, just ponder that for a moment because I, I, I like 
We talked about needing a good GM meeting halfway through the year, voting rights, all that stuff. But that's where you pay up too. You pay up then, and you can also pay up at the at the draft. But I think getting like super like detailed with the KPIs and the metrics of how good or bad somebody did managing a team would be mm-hmm. such a great way to bust somebody's balls. So I I think that uh, we have to you have we have to think about that. But I think we can pull everything off there and just dump it into an Excel file. <laughs> just to embarrass somebody. So I, I, I might start researching that, but that's, I, I dig that idea. I think in that case, I, I do think that's already tracked. Like there's the, you know, best managers of the week and the worst managers of the week. And uh, so I, I do think that's tracked somewhere. Like in one of the three platforms that I use, yep. it does exist. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of which real quick side note, which is the favorite of the three you use? Um, I think CBS is. Yeah. And I think it's only because it's the only one that uh, out of the three that any of the groups pay for. So we have, you know, more flexibility in there. Yeah. I don't know what a fully paid ESPN situation would be like, nor a fully paid Yahoo. Right. So it's the only one. I can yeah. CBS is not bad. It's uh, I, I could do without their commentary, but the platform itself and the app is pretty slick. Um, yeah. Pretty easy to use. All right, sir, you are you are up with your second point. Um, I want to talk about punishments, but I want to talk about one punishment in particular. Okay. And I want to talk about it, um, how it currently exists, and then I want to modify it to make it more realistic. So I'm sure you're familiar with the Waffle House punishment. Um, if not, I can tell the, the general public. Yeah, what please do. Talk. Please share. <laughs> So if you become, if you have the, the worst record in your league, if you, be, if you come in last, yep. um, or maybe it's least points scored or some combination therein, you identify that you're the worst. Okay. Okay. You have um, essentially 24 hours that you have to sit in a Waffle House. Now, we don't have those up here in the Northeast, so it would have to be something equivalent. But, IHOP. And, yeah, IHOP, whatever it may be, something that's open 24 hours. Now, you can diminish your time within this IHOP or Waffle House by one hour for every waffle you eat. Okay. And so there's that fine line between, you know, how many do you eat versus physically, how many can you eat to diminish the number of hours that you're going to be in there? So Mm. um, there's a couple of really funny Twitter threads out there where you can, the guy live streamed his entire existence. And I think he ended up eating nine waffles and, you know, um, hung out in the place for 15 hours. Uh, so so <laughs> I think IHOP is too nice then because the whole idea is you're trying, you're motivated to eat this shit to get out of there quicker because it's such a scummy place. So you'd have to pick, you'd have to find like some dive in like Rochester, New Hampshire in the middle of fucking the worst part of town that's open 24 hours. Cause it's gotta be one. You just have to, you have to make it uncomfortable to the point where somebody wants to gorge. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it maybe uh I don't know if it needs to be a shithole. I think any place after three hours is gonna suck and after six it's gonna six it's gonna be terrible. Mm, um, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. But I think you know. So I was thinking you could modify it to twelve. Okay. And so someone can hammer back six waffles. You could be there for six hours. Somebody's, you know, more talented. What do you think? What do you think the right amount of time is to to make it realistic? Because we're all grown men, kids, lives, jobs, things like that. We're no one's given up twenty four hours to do it, but yeah. there is a period of time 
with a, a waffle quotient in there, that would work for, for folks like us. And, and my question for you is, what do you think it is? Okay, so I, I think you're right. I think we've, we're past the point in our lives where somebody can devote 24 hours to stay in any establishment anywhere for any reason. No, no um, chance. No chance. And then you, you, let's just take your number. Let's take 12, and then let's think about the likelihood of someone being able to eat nine. Because if you spent three hours there, that's doable. Somebody can log three hours in a restaurant, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, then the question is, how difficult is nine waffles? And I guess then the question is, how big are the waffles? Are we talking about those big-ass, thick, huge Belgium waffles with, like, syrup and everything else on there? Because nine of those would be challenging. So... I'm going to say the range is between 10 and 14 hours, but I think, honestly, I think 12 might be perfect. It's painful. It's painful yep. enough. Yep. And you probably can't eat your way out of it. Like, obviously, you don't want to have it so that it's five waffles. Like, I could probably hammer back five waffles and be out of there in 45 minutes. <laughs> honestly, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you're motivated, we all of us could do that, sure. Yeah, I like that though. So that's you know that that's bullshit. So has to be enough where either the the eating itself is physically painful or the amount of time you have to spend there is painful. Yep, yep, I dig it. Um, and but I just for the sake of posterity, you know, last week when we we had our snafu, we talked about one of your uh, I think is an all time great punishment. I had forgotten about Mm -hmm. it completely. Um, where you had to dress up uh, as a mime with my with my makeup and a beret, and yeah. you basically had to do whatever you were like a human puppet that couldn't talk one hour. and couldn't explain themselves for one hour. <clears throat> and, and I think that that is uh, that is such a great idea that uh, we have to bring back more of these. There needs to be there needs to be some kind of punitive council. There needs to be a council of punishment for the JNFL, um, and there needs to be one right away. And, I agree with you. It's a very pressing issue, very especially pressing as the issue. season rolls on. You know, what we used to have a lot of were these um, inter-game punishments. And uh, that's how that one came about, was losing a specific game to a specific guy. And we came up with our, our bet ahead of time. Um, so, you know, that's what we need more of is the, the inter-team hostility to get people going. Like, you know, Cleary and Neto clearly need to, play basketball or something. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> one-on-one rugby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you know what? So we, you, you just brought up something I hadn't even thought of. And that is there used to be a lot of week to week wages, whether it was something simple like, you know, 25 bucks or a six pack, or I'll bring you a bottle of booze or I'll buy you dinner or anything, or I'll dress up like a goddamn mime. Like that is something, even though the banter is at, at an all time high right now, that's something that we're missing. Um, there needs to be more week-to-week onus to, to have some, some skin in the game. Uh, and it doesn't have to be money. I mean, because everyone's already put their money in, right? And, and you win the money. And, you know, you just – maybe we make a rule that the punishment or the, the bets cannot be money. That's the only guideline uh, so that someone doesn't feel like they're obligated to, to shell out, you know, 10, 20 bucks every week to somebody if they're leaving points on their bench or they don't have points on the bench or anything else like that. Yeah, I think we have to talk to our legal counsel about this and get this implemented pronto. Yeah, I think so. And also, you know, we had a, uh, a reduction of fees this year. So maybe there's a certain something that people need to pay into, like say that you're the lowest scoring person, as I would have been this week. 
Okay. Um, you put in five bucks. And then yeah. the person at the end of the year who's got the most points gets the pot. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I like that. Sure. Or it goes towards food and beverage for the next year's draft. I don't know. Even better. Or food and beverage towards the, again, trying to tie it back to a, a midway meeting, right? If food and drink was already paid for by the time we got there, it'd be more like, all right, we got to do this. The food's already paid for. We've already bought all the food. We have to do it. Right. I like it. Dig it. All right. So here, I'm going to tell you what I think is one of the most, and there's a lot of annoying things that happen during a season, but I'm going to tell you one thing that I think has, for some reason, become super annoying to me specifically, and that's the uh, that is the exercise of uh, one one quarter into the very first game on a Sunday, uh, calling a game and saying, "Up, oh, good game." Good game. I'm done. It's over. Um, and there is one person in particular that does that a lot, and he going does dark, it going, and he, going dark. And he does it knowing full well that he could still win and probably will. In this case, this week he did win. Um, and it's more of like this reverse psychology. I'm going to jinx you. I'm going to talk about how you're winning, so you're going to lose. And oddly enough, it does seem to work. But I got to tell you, calling a loss super early um, and conceding victory. Uh, to me, it, it just rubs me the wrong way. And it never used to. I used to be fine with it. In fact, I used to do it. Um, but I don't know what it is. Uh, I think that it's just taking away from the true nature of the, the competition. Just shut your mouth until the game's over. Takes all the venom out of it. Takes all the venom Doesn't out of it. it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You and just pop yeah. on the balloon. And then it's, uh, well, we, we know the guy that we're talking about. He's become a parody of himself, and he knows why he does it. He does it because it's... Uh, He's a caricature, you know. It's, it's part uh, of his shtick. It is. It's part of his shtick. Yeah. And uh, so that's never going to change, for the record. Yeah, but probably. I not. agree with you. It's uh, it's almost like the kid who's like a little kid who's just trying to get people to feel sorry for him. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's all right, man. You're still in this thing. Keep your head up. You're going to be all right. You can do it. You still got your flex going tomorrow. You're going to be great. You know, <laughs> just looking uh, for that affirmation, looking for that, that everyone likes me. You know, it, it is actually quite pathetic. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's interesting. It's almost like uh, looking for validation and the best way to get that validation is to publicly shit on yourself when you know there's nothing to shit on so that someone – like there was – the, the one thing – so I took Shakespeare in high school. I don't remember a whole lot about it. Uh, I know the general idea of most of the stories. But one thing that always stuck out – shout out to Cal Scarponi, Portsmouth High School, great teacher. One thing that's, that stuck with me all these years is Desdemona. And Desdemona was a character in a Shakespeare play. Don't ask me which one because I can't remember. But – uh, she was fishing for compliments. And I remember that was the first time I ever heard that expression was fishing for compliments. And I always thought it was such a great way to put it. And I think that's what our friend is doing. I think he's fishing for compliments. He definitely is. He's Desdemona. Yes, he is. I am going to be reaching out to Delhi, India tomorrow to get a meme made about this. <laughs> so, somewhere in Delhi, India, somebody's day is going to be made. He, they just don't know it yet. That's right. Yep. That's the morning. All right, sir. You are up to your third. Your third down. Okay. So this one's. Um, I don't know how interesting it is, but my son 
who has become quite into fantasy football. And I actually look to him for advice. Um, Love it. Has a league that he's in that's normal. And then he and three other guys started a four person league. Oh shit. Yeah. To stack it, to see how ridiculous it could be. And my, I'm wondering, like, I'm trying to, I don't really have an opinion on it, but I'm trying to think, how would you, how would you make that work? So it's actually interesting. Like it would be, it'd be such a embarrassment of riches every single week. Like, would you have to redraft every week? Would you, how does that, what do you think about that? How many positions would you need to have? So you you have to be at least two quarterbacks, like four wide receivers, three running backs, two tight ends, two defenses, right? Yeah. I, first of all, I love the idea. I love the initiative. I love the creativity of those four kids. That is going to be, keep your eye on those four kids because those are going to be fun, uh, exciting kids in the future. Um, and I would say that the key to making that work, because if you've got four people, you've got to put a restriction on what you can, what you can hang on to. So I would say that the, you want to limit the bench to almost nothing. So maybe like an IR spot and one more spot. And so that it's yep. all, it's almost like a DFS league without the DFS pay per player type system. So everyone's going to have the ability to get uh, a top four quarterback. Everyone's going to get a top four, you know, uh, running back and wide receiver. And you could definitely get a top 10 running back as well with only four players, but you can't go so deep that you're, that you're grabbing all these other players and like hoarding them. So I think the key to that working is you've got to limit the number of people that aren't starting. And so you just limit the roster size. I think if you did that, there's something there. I think that is spot on. I think you've got to limit the bench and also maybe limit the number of starters instead of making it more, make it less. Right. And then can you imagine having a week where you're like, you know what, I'm going to drop Derrick Henry and pick up Alvin Kamara. <laughs> exactly. Henry's a bum. He only got me 20 this week, you know? Right. I mean, it's just, it's and the only position really, when you think about it, where there wouldn't be the opportunity to have the parity is tight end because you got Kelsey, you got, you know, Waller after last night's monster game. Um, yep. and, and then it, there's there's not I wouldn't say there's a huge drop off, but there really is kind of a drop off after that of, of ongoing quality you know, where every other position you've definitely got four A plus players. So here's the question that's follow up is because I agree with you. Would there be like would you draft Kelsey or Kittle or Waller number one overall, knowing that? Ah. You are going to get quality at running back. You are going to get quality at wide receiver. You are going to get quality at the quarterback. There's so much, you know, sort of equalness at the tippity top. It would be it would be interesting. It'd be a way to go because that could be one of the competitive advantages. And also defenses might go number two. Who knows? Right, because you know, no matter what. Ha- so quarterback would be the last position picked because no question. You know what I mean? No like I-, I picked up Stafford almost in the last round and he threw up 30. So it's like, you don't, you don't really need to reach um, there, but I think running back there's still, you could make a case that there's one or two running backs. And also it depends on if it's going to be a dynasty league. I don't think you could make that. I think you'd have to do an automatic reset every year. You couldn't keep, you couldn't be keepers or else the whole point is ruined. Hmm. Do they have to, is there uh, are they playing for money or is it just for fun? I don't know the answer yeah, to that. He yeah. told me about it offhandedly. I don't have the details, but I found it interesting. I thought I'd bring it up. I love it. I love that idea. I'm, I'm curious to know what the most points scored uh, in a game. Well, you know, in future episodes, we're, we're going to get updates on that league. 
Uh, I'm going to check in with them and report back. I love it. And by the way, if if uh, if anybody from that league wanted to be a you know anonymous guest host on this show uh, and give a report, I'd I'd be happy to make that happen. Um, all right, so I, I've got one more, and uh, we're, we're zoning in on a half an hour here, which is you know don't want to bore the people out there. Um, so here's my last one, and then we'll see. There's no way they're bored. We are the best. So. <laughs> So, all right, here's what I think. I think that uh, we've got – so first of all, I'm going to make a statement, and the statement is that I feel like in terms of quality of managers, in terms of being aware of who to play, who to draft, you know, who to pick up on the waiver wire, all that stuff, I would say that the quality of, of the league that we're talking about is pretty high. I wouldn't say that it's you know aces across the board – but I would say that most most of the people in our league are pretty fucking good at it. You know what I mean? Like they they get they get it and they're into it. And it's not like you're playing with your cousin that you know doesn't auto draft and never does anything, never picks up on the waiver wire. So they're good. And and the reason why that's the backdrop to this is I feel like there's a definite correlation between quality and skill of a manager. Okay, and how many trades actually happen in a league. Now, before we were doing like, I'll trade you my pick for this buddy, you know, that, that, that was different, but straight player for player trades, they happen, but they don't happen nearly as much in this league as they would happen if four or five of the managers didn't give a shit or didn't know how to give a shit or didn't do any research. Um, because then it's just like, they'll accept any trade. And I've been in leagues like that where you've got four or five sharks and you've got four or five duds and it's a feeding frenzy. Do you agree that if you've got a, uh, a league full of managers, the probability of a high number of player trades goes down? I totally agree. And also, I think the hyper-competitive nature of our league, as soon as somebody asks for a trade, I'm immediately on the defensive. <laughs> like, <laughs> How they, try, they try to fuck me somehow. Yeah, like even if it's there, I immediately am like, I'm going to gouge them and get everything. They want something. I have the advantage, you know? And uh, it reminds me, one time I was in this, um, see if I can make this analogy over the phone without people seeing my hand gestures, but I was in a boat and uh, I was with two friends of mine that are both brothers and they're, you know, best friends, but they also used to literally fist fight each other mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So we're on the boat and one guy was sitting in the front of the boat and the other guy was about halfway back. I was driving and um, they got into this argument and then sure enough, the guy that was standing next to me charged the guy right in the front of the boat. And so I hit the throttle. So like right as he's about to throttle his brother or hit, swing and hit him, I hit the gas and he like the, the centrifugal force took him back. Right. Jesus Christ. So he like just missed him, you know, like good swing, just missed him by like six inches. Well, the guy on the front, as soon as the centrifugal force went that way, he literally started charging back at his oh, brother. Shit. The swim. So then I pulled back on the throttle and then it went back and forth like three or four times where I was using the throttle to keep them about two feet away from each other. And it just so happened we were on their boat and while we were putting out of this harbor and I'm going up and back with the throttle and they're screaming at each other and everybody in the world's looking at us, we we're going by my boat. So then I put the throttle up about enough so it was dangerous and I jumped off uh, and swam to my own boat. So Get I had to out of here. And that's what it reminds me of in fantasy football trades. As soon as somebody smells a disadvantage, you know, like they just go after it. As soon as the centrifugal force is in their way, they're like, 
oh, you want this wide receiver? Then I want everything that you have forever. You know, like this, it's just this irrationality that comes with being in fantasy football that, uh, you know, it just, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. I don't know where I was going on that rant. I fucking love it. You're like Tom Cruise. You do your own stunts, man. You're fucking, I mean, that sounds like a goddamn James Bond movie back and forth. And then you just fucking, I'm out of here. You guys it deal with this shit. Hilarious. It was so freaking funny. That is, and then I just had to get the boat going fast enough where they had to deal with it. Speaking of Tom Cruise, um, yep. Do you remember the Tom Cruise mask? I do. Yeah, yeah I do. We got to bring that back. Maybe that's a punishment. You can, maybe you got to wear a Tom Cruise mask for the whole draft yep. or something. Yeah, yeah. Punishments. We need some punitive. Uh, we need some punitive devices in our league. All right. Well, listen, Ugly Child. This has been uh, a great show. I appreciate your insight as always. I'm glad that we were able to to make it work. And um, like I said, if you uh, if you can bring a report back on that four team league, I'd love it. And I'm going to send this out to our our group chat when I get it posted. And uh, okay. who knows? Maybe we can get uh, a few more people. Uh, to join us from week to week, and uh, maybe maybe a punishment is they got to come on here and say how bad their team sucks. There's a lot of options here. We got a lot. We have a lot of that we can do with this. Yeah, I like it. And uh, you know, as you said, we've got a lot of general managers who give a shit, and um, there's a lot of smart fantasy people there. So hopefully, somebody will will do that. I'd like to listen. Perfect. All right. So everybody in the audience is standing. They've got ugly child, uh, you know, flags. They're waving them around. They're cheering. Uh, and, and I want to thank you. So thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time on 3 and Out.